Here we go. It felt like an eternal bye week for the 49ers. We've got a crossover Thursday episode coming at you. Locked on 49ers, locked on Chargers. Week 10, prime time. Two teams 500 or above playing each other this week and one of only two games of that nature in the NFL. It should be a good one. Sunday night football crossover time. Biggest stories, key matchups, and maybe a prediction on how this one is going to go. Coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another crossover Thursday episode, Locked On Podcast Network style. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker of Locked On 49ers with David Drogemeyer of Locked On Chargers at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker at Dro Talk SD on Twitter. If you want to drop a line, say hi. Crossover Thursdays presented by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is so much fun and it's easy to play. No competing with other players, just you versus the projections available. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. It can literally take less than 60 seconds to enter. It's that easy. We love prize picks. We know you will too. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. David, appreciate you jumping off this. Crossovers are always super fun. We start with the biggest storylines, and it's interesting because I feel like the Chargers right now are right about where the 49ers were a few weeks ago on the injury front. The 49ers coming off a bye are as healthy as they've been since probably week one, but the Chargers, not so lucky right now, are still in a pretty rough spot, and it's really been a testament to how good this team is that they're still 5-3 and three with all the injury troubles they've had this year. Without a doubt. I mean, the, the Chargers have had to really, really battle and really have to figure it out. On offense, they've been without their star left tackle, Rashawn Slater. He tore his biceps and out for the year. They plugged in a sixth-round rookie, Jamari Sawyer, and he's been absolutely ridiculous coming in at left tackle. has not given up a single sack the entire season. But you've also been without Keenan Allen for the pretty much the entire season. Mike Williams has gone down, so there's been a lot of shuffling around on the Chargers offense trying to figure it out. But the one guy that seems to be back and seems to be fully healthy again is Justin Herbert. And I think that showed in the last game against the Atlanta Falcons. His mobility was back, his ability to throw down the football field. They activated some of those plays, so that was very, very important. On defense, still no Joey Bosa there. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a lot of injuries the Chargers have had to overcome, and it has not been easy. David, you talked about some of the injuries that the Chargers are dealing with, specifically at the receiver position, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. I saw Keenan Allen, six catches on six targets. So he's good there, but unfortunately just not on the field enough. You got Palmer, though, the receiver out of Tennessee. How's he been doing? How's he coming along? Are they force-feeding him? It seems like every game, and I pay attention, especially if you you know, you guys have price picks, pay attention to his higher lowers and what he's doing reception-wise. But how has Josh Palmer been doing? Yeah, so Josh Palmer uh, was dealing with a concussion, so he missed a little bit of time, but he came back last week healthy against the Atlanta Falcons, and he went off. He had eight receptions for over 100 yards receiving. He was the number one wide receiver. And, you know, again, the, the Atlanta Falcons had a lot of injuries in the secondary, so they did not have their top guys out there. But Josh Palmer was the guy. He was the featured guy when the Chargers needed somebody on third down to come up big. 
they were targeting Josh Palmer and he stepped up to the challenge. I mean, this was a, a very big opportunity for him to show the Chargers that in the future, when, you know, guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams get to the end of their contract, they can believe in Josh Palmer's ability to make plays when they're not available. And Kruk, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember in the draft process, uh, Sawyer, the offensive lineman, wasn't he one of your favorites? We had talked about him as, as maybe a mid-round guy for the 49ers. I liked him, but not at tackle. So that's the surprising part, right? This is a guard, like, you know, when you look at him, just how he's built. And, I mean, they have some big nasties over there at Georgia. And I love the way they – listen, I would have drafted any one of those guys with the way they performed against Alabama. They're finishing guys off. They're diving over the top. I just like the nastiness. I'm like, that's a guy I would like to have on my team. But I was not anticipating him be a, being a terrific tackle. And he has filled in there. And he has been really good from the jump. A guy who was universally tagged as, oh, no, he is just a guard. He's been much more than that. He really has. And, I mean, that's been the biggest surprise for us. I mean, the, the Chargers got him in the sixth round. And I, like you, Crocker, I was the guy that, that had Sawyer going in the middle rounds, you know, somewhere in, in the third to fifth round. When the Chargers were able to get him in the sixth round, I was astonished. And I really didn't understand it. And I think it had to be something to do with the medicals. I think there was some concerns there. But, I mean, all of those concerns thus far have been answered. And not only has he come in here and played at a high level, it's just not something that you see from a sixth round pick thrust into a premium position and playing lights out football. It's been a revelation of it's been a real stabilizing force for the Chargers offensive line. Yeah, we'll see if he can keep that up against Nick Bosa. And it's it, it is a tough matchup when uh the 49ers lead this game in Bosa is one to zero, it looks like. And and Nick yeah. was asked earlier this this season, he was asked, Hey, are you looking forward to be able to play against your brother potentially? And and Nick kind of like let the cat out of the bag. He's like, Yeah, I don't think my brother's gonna be ready to play in this game. And that, that was like a, a month ago or two months ago. It was a while ago. Yeah. Question. And so that's unfortunate. And guys like Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa, you know, those are key players defensively. Oh, absolutely. And and obviously against the run, they're they're you know, they're so good and, and that gets forgotten because, you know, you look at the sacks and that's the sexy number, but just consistent pressures, uh, so good setting the edge against the run. And then on the other side with Keenan Allen, he's a guy that is just your would be if you're a quarterback on third downs, you know, he can get open, you know, you can go to him and we're seeing how difficult it can be without a player like that on the Chargers offense. We're seeing what Aaron Rodgers is going through without Devontae Adams, you know, that guy that, you know, you can just turn to on that play when you really need it. And if your offense doesn't have that anymore, that's got to be difficult. So um, it, it is nice to hear, though, because I'm a fan of watching Justin Herbert, that he's kind of getting over the rib thing, that he's playing yes. at a high level. It would be nice to see him get some of his weapons back. But uh, you're saying that he's looking like the Justin Herbert of old at this point in the season? Yeah, he's finally back. I think in the beginning when he first suffered the injury, there was a lot of hesitancy there. And I think just the unknown, the unknown with how he's going to feel, how he's going to be able to you know, play his game. Is he going to be able to do some of the same things that he's used to? And I think the first couple of games, it was very clear and obvious that they, he was not able to do those things. And Coach Brandon Staley basically said after the Atlanta Falcons game that they had to slim down the playbook and they had to kind of change the way they called the game because of the physical limitations that he was suffering. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is you need Justin Herbert out there. I mean, whether he's at 75% or, or, or not, you know, he has to be out there. He gives, 
the Chargers the best chance to be able to win games. And the good thing about, you know, what, what he was experiencing is he still had his mobility. He still has a, his, that just innate ability to feel pressure and move in the pocket. I think that's only gotten much better as he's gotten more confidence in his health and his ability. And he was really going back to uncorking some of those throws because the offense was very muted and it was very obvious. So hopefully they can open it up a little bit against the San Francisco 49ers. All right, some big keys here, and really this biggest storyline for the 49ers we'll get to next is what's going on with their running game and their backfield, which it kind of matches up in, in probably one of the biggest keys in this game with what's going on in the run defense with the Los Angeles Chargers. We will get to that next. First, today's episode is presented in part by Blue Nile. Whether you're looking to pop the question, have a milestone to celebrate, or want to let your love sparkle, sparkle, Blue Nile can help make your celebrations even more memorable. As the original online jeweler, Blue Nile offers the largest selection of independently graded diamonds and pieces priced significantly below traditional retailers. Blue Nile has helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. You're thinking about popping the question? Want to take that relationship to the next level? Blue Nile's Bench Jewelers can help you handcraft her perfect one-of-a-kind engagement ring. You pick the diamond shape, size, clarity, and setting, and Blue Nile goes to work and gives you that piece for that special moment. Or the holidays are coming up. You want to get something for that special someone in your life, get something for mom. Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Blue Nile is 100% satisfaction guaranteed and insured orders are shipped free. In discreet packaging, they also offer overnight shipping if you're in a rush. So make your moment sparkle with Blue Nile. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to save $50 on your purchase of $500 or more. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile, B-L-U-E-N-I-L-E.com. Promo code LOCKEDON to save $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. BlueNile.com. Code LOCKEDON. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers and Locked On Chargers your first listens today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the biggest games, the games that matter the most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights like Eric Crocker and David Drogermeyer. Uh, only insights that Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest story with the 49ers is besides the, the bye week and getting healthy is the addition of Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, who has gotten banged up. He's back on the back on the practice field. A guy who's been on IR, their leading rusher from a year ago that they lost so early in the season, and Elijah Mitchell is back. All three of those guys can run the heck out of the football. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, Croc, we might see any and all of them carry the ball, and the 49ers might be carrying the ball a lot against the uh, Chargers run defense that's given up. David, is it five point five and a half yards per carry or something like that right now? It's five point seven, actually. Oh. Yeah, it's five point seven yards per carry. They're dead last. They're atrocious in run support, and unfortunately, I don't know if it's going to get any better. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that's something that the Chargers are super concerned with on defense. At least their play doesn't uh, doesn't show that they've given up over five rushing yards excuse me over five plays of 40 plus rushing yards 
which is crazy. And then several over 50 yards as well. They just, their biggest issue is eliminating those explosive runs. It just seems to happen in every single game and going up against the 49ers with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. That is one of those key matchups that, you know, is going to be one that I'm paying very close attention to is will the chargers be able to tackle those guys in space and limit the yards after catch, which we know they do so extremely well. Croc, what, what do you think the over is on over under is on carries? Cause I know Kyle Shanahan always talks about, man, if we get 30 carries a game, we win. And I always talk about how that's backwards because you carried the ball 30 times because you had a lead and there's that whole idea, but still, you know, when the 49ers run the ball, that's usually they have a lead. Usually that's good things. Do you think the 49ers can get to that 30 carry mark? Well, I think really, if you ask Kyle Shanahan, he want to run the ball 40 times. (laughs) And for a while, when we were watching the 49ers last season, that was kind of the number where it was like, all right, they get to 40. Like, that's their identity. Uh, I think realistically, you want to run the ball as many times as possible. If the 49ers are moving the chains, then I think that allows them to run the ball more. We have seen the 49ers offense get into some lulls where they aren't running the ball as much and, and you think like well why'd they get away from it well they had struggles on third downs that prevented them from running the ball more i'd say ideally the 49ers are going to run 30 if i had to you know if this was on prize books and they had that prop where it's like hey uh, you know higher or lower on 49ers carries they said it right at 30 i'd say definitely the higher on that number yeah i mean l- listen Elijah Mitchell, they're going to force feed him. We know what they're going to do with uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey. They're going to force feed him. Debo Samuel is back, and he has a new F7 shut shut helmet. I'm excited about that. All right, but he's going to get a few carries in there as well. So, yeah, I can definitely see them hit the over on that. I don't think most people know what you're talking about, Croc. What makes the F7 shut helmet different? So, first of all, I'm just a shut guy. So, I just, you know, I'm – I just – I'm drawn more to the shut helmets. Well, Debo has worn a Revo Speed Flex. All right, now and that's cool. I like the I like this I like the Flex. The Flex is fine. I don't necessarily care for the Revo Speed, which is what like Jimmy Garoppolo has. And again, most of y'all don't care about that type of stuff. But he switched it all the way up. Not only did he move on from the Flex, he went off and got the F7, which is what like Brandon Ayuk wears. Uh, guys like Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Justin Jefferson wears it. So uh, it was just exciting to see him wearing that at practice. We'll see if he actually wears it in the game. Interesting. Okay. That's and good. That's I- only for the people that care. Mo- I'd say 99% of people do not care, but Eric Crocker notices that. <laughs> I wouldn't notice unless it's a really big change in face mask or like there's a visor involved. That's when I would start to notice. Yeah. when the- and He's always worn a visor, so. <laughs> David, if I'm not mistaken, this was the same problem that plagued the Chargers defense last year, and they kind of tried to address it in the offseason, right? So what went wrong? Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they definitely, you know, they spent a lot of significant resources in trying to address it. They, they went out and signed Austin Johnson from the New York Giants. They went out and got Sebastian Joseph Day from the Rams. That guy was very familiar with head coach Brandon Staley. You know, they, you have Joey Bosa. You went out and you go and trade for Khalil Mack, who is an animal against the run as well as a pass rusher. And I, I think the vision was, you know, you would be able to secure the edges by having Mack on one side and Bosa on the other because both of those guys are equally impressive against 
against the run as they are getting after the quarterback. And unfortunately, Joey Bosa gets hurt early on in the season. And, you know, they've really lost contain on the outsides. And also, you know, you, you need those corners to be able to crack, replace and be able to come up and tackle. And that's been a huge problem for the Chargers. If you look at a lot of those explosive runs that they're giving up, it's because they are not tackling well on the outside. So that's something that has been plaguing the Chargers this entire season. And I just don't know until I see it if it's actually going to get any better. That's why a matchup like this where you have several capable running backs going up against the Chargers defense that's just inviting everybody to run the ball is a very scary prospect. And the reason why the Chargers must, and I mean must, get out to an early late early lead in this game you have to try to mute the 49ers ability to run the ball as much as possible and you want to get the ball into Jimmy Garoppolo's hands and let him throw the ball and try to let him to dictate and decide how this game's going to go fuck I gotta ask you is that a Brandon Staley thing or is that a Tom Telesco the the Chargers GM thing like can you coach that into a defensive back a corner especially if they're maybe not great in run support because that's that's all attitude is that baked in or can you coach that better I think the run support thing definitely is a little bit more attitude and want to. It's more want to. How dirty do you want to get? I would say, or I would suggest, as someone who initially was not a big hitter, I wasn't as aggressive, uh, take it to the guy that you're trying to tackle. And that works out a lot better than kind of sitting back, being a little passive, and then you take on the the contact, and that yeah. typically does not end well for you. So right. um, trigger fast, especially uh, do it before the running back can get up to speed, before he can really accelerate, because that's when it can get really ugly. And I've been on the wrong end of that as well. But I know this, man, trigger right now, but before he could really get going, and it's a much easier tackle. Yeah, hit or get hit. That makes yeah, a lot of sense for sure. Hit or get hit. Uh, David, do you see any other key matchups in this game? Yeah, I mean, definitely. It's, it's Nick Bosa versus whoever is going to play right tackle for the Chargers. I mean, that scares the living daylights out of the, the Chargers organization, and it should. I mean, you, you see the the top of the, the sack leaderboard, and you see Nick Bosa's name right up there at the top. And he's just, you know, he's just like his brother. He just has that relentless motor that the hand technique is a, is fantastic. He just doesn't stop. He, he does not stop until the play is over. And that relentless pursuit is what makes him so dangerous. And that's, you know, he just, you know, he doesn't quit. You know, it doesn't matter if you get a couple of bodies in front of him. He's going to do everything he can to defeat those blocks. And that's why the Chargers must have a protection plan in place to make sure that that guy does not ruin the game because he has every ability to do so. You have to chip him. You got to have an extra tight end on that side. You I honestly also want to see them throw screens over to that side too. You want to wear him out and, and really try to make him run east to west as much as you possibly can because this guy's going to get his you know he's going to get his because he's that good and so the chargers need to try to limit his effectiveness on this game as much as possible yeah and the kansas city chiefs when they ran up the score on the 49ers really did a good job of using the niners d-line aggressiveness and in particularly nick bosa's probably his worst game yeah. of the year this, this this far uh use that aggressiveness against him and some misdirection yeah. stuff and getting him caught in the wrong place and made me cole hardman look like debo samuel in that <laughs> game somehow and yeah like, yeah is he really gonna run for another touchdown here or take a uh, uh shell pass or whatever it, it was uh it was pretty frustrating to watch and i think 49ers learned their lessons from that so it might be a little bit more difficult but obviously Austin Eckler has to be a, a huge part of this oh, yeah. offense, right? If, if they're going to win this football game. 
Absolutely. He has to. I mean, he absolutely has to be. I mean, and he has been. I mean, after not scoring any touchdowns the first three games, he's exploded. He scored 10 in the last five alone. And, you know, Austin Eckler is very much like Christian McCaffrey. He's a guy that is a fantastic receiver, a guy that you have to account for, because when he gets in the open field, he has very soft hands. He can run very crisp routes. Um, and he's just really hard to bring down. He's really low to the ground. And I think sometimes he gets lost out there in, in the defense and, you know, they can't really identify where he's at. And I think that's what makes him so effective. And because the Chargers are so injured on the offense, there's not a lot of other guys that you feel like are just, you know, very important, dangerous weapons in the red zone in particular. And that's one guy that the 49ers cannot allow to beat them because the Chargers are going to give him as many opportunities to impact this game as possible. Is, uh, is it DeAndre Carter, right, that's been starting on the opposite side from Palmer with all these injuries? Is he somebody the 49ers need to pay close attention to? Sacramento yeah, I'm a state legend. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. yeah. DeAndre Carter was the guy the Chargers brought in to be a, a kick returner, punt returner, and maybe provide some gadget plays on offense. Well, the injuries changed that script, and he's been out there as the second wide receiver on the opposite side of Josh Palmer. So he's going to be a guy that's going to get some looks, and he has earned the trust of Justin Herbert. I mean, he's made some you know, Justin Herbert's made some incredible throws to get to DeAndre Carter. The one that sticks in my mind is against the Kansas City Chiefs. And this was pretty much just after he got the, the injury to his ribs. He threw a ball down the middle on a fourth down where there was two defenders all over him, where there's really absolutely no reason why this ball should have been completed. It was just a perfect laser throw. And that's the kind of trust that Justin Herbert has in DeAndre Carter, and that has continued throughout the season. So, yeah, it's somebody you have to worry about. He's not you know, the, the, the shiftiest guy. He's more of a north and south guy, but he has earned that trust from Justin. He's going to get opportunities for sure. DeAndre Carter, uh, he's been on like eight teams in like seven or eight years, including San Francisco 49ers. Now, the one gripe I have with him, he wears a Revo Speed. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. He broke in with the 49ers, right? As an undrafted free agent? No, I think he was with he was with like a couple other teams before the Was he? Okay. Uh and by well, the he's way, he's got his opportunities. I think started mm -hmm. really getting more opportunities with like Houston. Yeah. Then Washington started giving him some more opportunities. And now with these injuries, he's definitely had a much more opportunity. So a guy who some people probably thought, ah, oh, he might be out the league in a couple of years. He spent you know, spent some time on different practice squads. Yep. He's turning out to have a nice NFL career. Ten, Taking advantage before of the it's all said and done, DeAndre Carter will have a 10-year NFL career. I That's pretty it. amazing. I love seeing that. Uh, yeah. Good on the uh, the Sacramento State product. And and by the way, David, that throw, I think, was probably throw of the year until yeah. P.J. Walker hit D.J. Moore a couple weeks ago uh, in that yeah. Panthers game. Because, uh, the, the, I mean, the, some of those throws are just ridiculous. And, and you get a little jealous sometimes. <laughs> Jimmy G's a nice quarterback. You know, he, he gets a lot of hate. But when you see guys that can make throws like that, you're like, man, that would – Kind of nice to have one of those guys playing quarterback for the team that you cover, right? Um, next, we got to make a. I'm going to make my prediction at least for this game. I, I think David and Eric might save their predictions for their Friday episodes, respectively, here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, another big key to this game: what, what, what could this game actually look like? We've talked about some hypotheticals. What, what, how's this one going to play out? And why are the 49ers favored by so much? Next. BetOnline.net is your number one source for 
sports betting information, statistics, news, analysis. And by the way, if you think that the Chargers are going to win this game, you get a nice juicy seven points along with it with the 49ers favored big at home right now. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, not just NFL, even though there's tons of things to bet on on football, college football, but you've got basketball, soccer, esports, and of course you can bet on uh, you can play uh, Vegas casino games too at Bet Online. So uh, nothing nothing is off limits at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at Bet Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. And uh, I'm going to go to you real quick, David. And I know you're going to make your official prediction. But looking at that line, uh, it surprised me how high it was. I guess because of the injury nature, 49ers are at home. It's not surprise, surprising, especially with the way the 49ers played before the bye week and coming in healthier that they're favored by a little, but I thought it'd be more like a field goal, not a touchdown. So seven points is a pretty big line against a team that's five and three right now. Yeah, that one definitely surprised me. When you said that before we started recording, I was like, really? Seven points? I mean, the the Chargers don't really get blown out. I mean, they they don't. And, you know, they all of their games are close games. And it's because, you know, they take some time, you know, to really figure out what's going on. They've really, really struggled in the first quarter of games. Like, it just seems like they're sitting back and trying to assess what's going on. And then they make their adjustments and then they go off in in the second quarter. And then the same thing to start the second half. They really have issues coming out of halftime but they seem to turn it on in the fourth quarter. So um, I think you just look at this game and you see, well, the 49ers have a litany of guys that can run the ball extremely effectively. The Chargers have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. And then the Chargers are very injured on offense. So it's like, can the Chargers score enough points with the weapons that they currently have to make this game close and keep it competitive? I think that's the reason why you see a line score the way it is. And and I will say there is something to that and we have not, talked a whole lot about the 49ers defense uh it did hit kind of this little low point when they played against the Kansas City Chiefs gave up 21 to Atlanta there was also a defensive touchdown that Atlanta scored but for the most part this 49ers defense can be very very smothering and they got off to a historically great start they have been missing some guys and we'll see who eventually comes back but it they, they can be a little tough to where this game could potentially get away from the Chargers if they don't uh, figure out different ways to be creative, get guys out in space, and score points. I mean, I and this is not me being boisterous of the 49ers, like, you know, and he knows, I'll keep it real, but I am having a hard time trying to figure out, like, okay, where do the Chargers have the advantage? So I guess I'll ask you, David, right now, and you're looking at this game as a whole, where do you see right now the Chargers, where it's like, okay, we have a, the, the Chargers have a clear advantage in this category. I know you mentioned Eckler earlier and his ability to pass catch. 49ers have some linebackers with uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, mm-hmm. Aziz Al-Shair, he's back, that they huh? feel like could pay, possibly match up with him in space. So where do you see, you know what, I think there's the, the, the Chargers have a clear advantage here and they can take advantage of it. Well, quarterback. Uh, I mean, I think you know, quarterback is the biggest one. That's what me. I was thinking as I was asking the question. Yeah, too, it, go it's, ahead. it's yeah, it's Justin Herbert over over Jimmy Garoppolo for sure. I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, especially with Justin Herbert feeling better, and I think in this game in particular, it's about getting him out in space a little bit more and letting him use his mobility because he's feeling healthier. He was not running before, and in the last several games. 
even if you know there was a, a obvious clear lane he, he was going to pull it up and he wasn't going to to take any chances now that he's feeling healthier i think this is something that you know if he doesn't see anything you know at, at first he can take off and run and continue to, you know, to move the chains. Um, as far as, you know, anything else is concerned, I mean, it, it is a little bit difficult to, to try to, to diagnose that. I think the Chargers special teams unit is actually pretty decent. You know, they're a unit that's going to not lose them the game that, you know, they're, they get some decent punt returns in there from Deandre Carter. Um, but quarterback, if the Chargers win this game, it's going to be because just, it's going to be because Justin Herbert went crazy and threw for 350 plus, which he has the ability to do. The question is, is he going to be able to do that with the lack of weapons that he has at his disposal? Before I make my prediction, David, I want to ask you this about Brandon Staley in his second year as head coach, because he, he got a lot of flack, especially, you know, the going forward on fourth down <laughs> stuff. Where's he at this year? Like, did, did he reach a hot seat level that they, you know, they're especially in a tough division and a tough conference being at five and three with some of the injuries like that, that to me from the outside, looking in looks like a pretty good job by a head coach has he gotten better in that regard did the luck just flip on him or is he still taking a lot of heat for some of the late game decisions he's making yeah i think you look at the chargers right now at five and three and you say this is a team i don't really feel like is five and three and i think that's because of all of the close games and you know just having all of the injuries but also i would counter by saying the chargers are five and three despite all of the incredibly important injuries to players that were supposed to make a huge difference in how this season was supposed to go. The fact that, you know, they're without their left tackle, without their top two wide receivers, without their bed, best edge rusher, and they're still at five and three just shows you that this is a battle tested, battle hardened team that's going to figure it out. They're going to battle the entire way. They're not going to quit. And I think that's what's, you know, showed you know, here with the Chargers being at five and three, the team respects Brandon Staley and they are still following him, you know, despite, you know, the incredible amount of scrutiny that he has received from some of those fourth down decisions. And hey, you know, when you make those decisions and they don't go your way, you're going to get that scrutiny. You're going to get those questions that people are asking when it always goes well for you and they convert. Nobody's asking those questions. Nobody gives you the pat on the back for getting it right. But you know, it's always people love, you know, when you don't do anything right, when you get things wrong, people always focus on the negative. Hearing all this, hearing your takes, David, talking through it with Croc here on today's podcast has really strengthened the way I feel about this game coming in. Uh, I don't think I would go to bet online and and take those seven points. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't do that no. from a 49ers perspective and give up the seven points. But I do think the 49ers can win this game. And I do think I would take the under on that total uh, i see this as the 49ers winning by four 24 20 and the picture that we've painted today and kind of the idea i had coming into this is that justin herbert is not going to have enough opportunities to throw for the you know the three touchdown passes and the 350 yards because the 49ers are going to try like hell to run the ball keep play keep away the 49ers defense is going to be able to do a good enough job with the lack of weapons there to get off the field, get the ball back to the 49ers offense where they can continue to run the ball again. And one thing I'm excited about with the addition of Christian McCaffrey more than anything else is his ability on third downs as a receiver to keep the chains moving. And so that's the biggest key for the 49ers on offense. I think they'll be able to run the ball, stay in front of the sticks, convert those third downs, and it could be a long day for the Chargers in that regard. So 49ers 
by four is my official prediction. You guys are going to want to turn into lock, tune into Locked On Chargers tomorrow to hear uh, David's prediction on this game. Croc is going to give his prediction as well on Locked On 49ers. Make sure you're tuned in to everything going on in the Locked On Podcast Network, including national shows like the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Daily, Eric Crocker co-hosting Locked On NFL Draft daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. David, it was a pleasure chatting with you today. I appreciate you juggling some things in, in your schedule so you could jump on with Croc and I and, and do this crossover. It's always a whole lot of fun. Oh, it was a pleasure, guys. I'm, I'm glad to do it. I hope we get to do it again. And of course, tune into Locked On 49ers and Locked On Chargers tomorrow right here on the Locked On Podcast Network.